Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today, we are studying Ezekiel, the Prophet Ezekiel, the Navi Yechezkel, chapter 39, which is the second chapter that discusses the prophecy of the war of Gog, the king of Magog. In the first chapter, we God had predicted this tremendous battle that's going to take place. After the, the Jewish people are already gathered in the land of Israel, they're living peacefully, they're living with God. And remember the descriptions in all of the previous chapters, it's a time that the people recognize that the exile and the suffering that occurred through the exile and the destruction of Jerusalem that preceded it was a result of the people's sins. And that God himself said, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to purify you of your sins. You're going to recognize what you've done wrong. And you're going to live with me in peace, in, in faithfulness. And, um, and that that would be the basis of the new society, the new life. And that this would then be a kiddushem shemayim, a sanctification of God's name for all the nations to learn and see. However... Some nations would learn and see from the new land, from the new people, and and thus come to knowledge of God. But others, led by this king Gog, of this legendary land, Magog, were not going to be willing to accept that there's a new way in the world. They still want to live according to the path of, of might, of oppression, of wealth and power. They still want to live in a world where one worships a deity because a, a deity gives them might and power, where one worships a deity by by appeasing the the god, by by uh, by ritualistically sacrificing to the god in order to gain favor, to be strong and powerful, and thus be able to oppress others. That league, that league of nations, that. Um, led by the King Gog, therefore wants to attack the Israel, and which represents everything it hates, everything it doesn't want, plunder and destroy it, and take all the riches for itself. And God had said that he himself was going to fight against Gog, destroy them, and demonstrate who is really powerful, and demonstrate the true proper way. This chapter 39 is going to go on on that subject, but it's going to focus more on the on the aftermath, when the war is over, when the war is won, how we're going to purify ourselves of Gog and all that he represents. Purifying the land of all that, the, the ideology that Gog represents, the ideology that, the, uh, that he represents regarding idolatry, corruption, and oppression. So let's see, let's start reading verse um, chapter 39. Adam. And now you, human being, this is God addressing the um, prophet Ezekiel. Hinave al Gog. I want you to prophesy regarding Gog. Remember, in the in this vision, Gog has already been destroyed. Amartan, I want you to say, So says the Lord God. Gog. I am coming against you, Gog. You who are the prince, the king, and the head of the nations of Meshech and Tuval. Those are just faraway nations. 
Vishovavticha, this is verse 2, Vesisecha, I will turn you around and I will push you along. It's going to be me that drives you and gives you the energy to come from the edges of the north, from the faraway places of the world. I will bring you to the mountains of Israel. You think you're marching on your own power, on your own strength. This is one of the key differences between an idol worshiper and a person and, 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 and people that go by faith in God. The idol worshiper thinks he has the power, thinks he's the one that's marching, thinks he's the one, arrogantly thinks that he's the one that made all these alliances, put together all of these armies and marches. But God is saying, no, it is me that does it. I will knock your bow out of your left hand because when a person shoots a bow and arrow, the bow is in the left hand, the arrow is held in the right. I will knock out the your arrows from your right hand and al Israel Tipol and on the mountains of Israel that is where you are going to fall. you and all of your supporting uh, troops. and all of the nations that ally themselves with you. I have given you to the um vulture birds all the birds and all the animals of the field, your corpses are going to be given for as food. Al pnei asadeti pol, on the on the uh, strewn across the face of the field, you're going to fall. Kianidi barti, because it is I who spoke this. So says the Lord God. It is clear that this they're falling not so much in battle. It's not the people of Israel that defend Israel and thus they fall, but God is taking all the credit. This is going to happen by an act of God, which was described in the previous chapter as an earthquake. Vishilachti esh b'magog, I will send fire in Magog, the people of Magog, and those that live out there in the faraway islands, that uh, they think they're living securely, and therefore they 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 join Magog in this attack, they are going to, um, I am going to send my fire out to them, and this is the key, and thus they will know, that it is I, God, that is fighting against them. They are going to learn that lesson. Verse 7, And my holy name, I am going to be made known within my nation Israel. I will no longer allow my name to be defiled. God is saying, from here on in, from this point in the future, the nation of Israel and their relationship with me will remain rock solid and my name will no longer be defiled. I will not lose this battle. This battle I will defeat Gog and those that ally with him. And then, after making my name known among my nation Israel, and this is consistent among all the prophets, every time they mention the redemption and every time they mention the special relationship of God with, among his people, and especially every time it's mentioned the sanctification of God's name that is made by the this special relationship, the end result is and then all of the nations will then know that it is I, God, who is the Holy One in Israel. In other words, the entire world will learn this lesson and join in that worship of God. 
this event that I am predicting off in the future, like we said before, sometime in the distant future, it is as if it has already come and it has already happened. It is sure to happen. It will happen. So says the Lord God, This is the day that I have spoken of. We have seen in the prophets many times the phrases, On that day, on that day. Well, this is that day that I'm discussing. God says, verse 9, And those that live amongst the cities of Israel will then go out of their cities. Now that this this earthquake has happened, these armies have, have been destroyed, the people that live in the cities didn't do the fighting, but now they know that the enemy is gone. They will leave their cities, and what will they do? They will... Um, go out and they will start fires and throw all of the weapons of war that gathered in the fields that the armies were holding. They're going to throw them into the bonfires and burn and get rid of all the weapons. And they will take all of the shields and helmets and bows and arrows and, and, and clubs and spears and there will be so many weapons for them to burn. There will be bonfires for seven years burning, getting rid of all of the weapons of war. The people are purifying the land. No more weapons of war. We do not need them to take them. We do not need to use them. It is time to destroy them. They will, know, they will not need to gather uh, wood from the fields. They won't have to chop trees. Nature will be able to blossom. They'll have so much fuel. So much fuel from the swords and, and um, shields to burn that for years that's all they'll need and the, whatever booty was strewn among the fields among the soldiers they will be able to take and they will plunder the ones who came to attempt to plunder them they will plunder the, the, the piled bodies and weapons and everything they will take all the riches and things that was among them so says the Lord God now let's move to verse 11. It will be on that day. I will give Gog and all of the people that came with Gog a burial place in Israel. The, all of this mass of thousands of bodies will need to bury them. It will be in the valley of the, those that travel um, east towards the sea. It will be so full of bodies that it will block this path, this path which was like a highway that people would take near the sea to travel. That's where Gog and all of his, uh, his masses will be buried. People will start calling it the valley of the masses of Gog. That is where he will be buried. This is time to cleanse the land of the of of the bodies, the evidence of death, to cleanse it and to set the um, bodies in a place. Well, people will remember this is where Gog saw his downfall. Ukuvarum Yisrael, the people of Israel, will bury them. Leman taher et in order to purify the land, to purify the land of the well, the ritual impurity that goes along with dead bodies as we know from the Torah 
but more importantly, to clean up from this disaster, um, from this tremendous disaster that happened. Um, they would, you know, uh, the valuable things among the troops they would take and use for themselves, the weapons in order, mm-hmm. rather, instead of taking those weapons and, and um, instead of taking those weapons for themselves and using them to prepare for war, they burnt them and used them as fuel and the bodies to bury all together in this place. The Kavrukalam Aretz Vayala and um, uh, and all of the people of the land will be involved in this burial, and it will become as a memorial. Yom Hikavdi. It will be a memorial to remind people of the day on which my honor was um, was restored. Noam Adonai Elohim. So says the Lord God. Tamid Yavdilu Ovrim and they will appoint people that whose job will constantly be to to um, to uh, travel the land um, uh, and their job will be to collect bodies from around the entire country in order to purify it so rather than leave the bodies strewn around the fields they, the idea was to cleanse the entire land, find any remnants of Gog, properly bury the bodies, and it will take about seven months for them to collect all of the bodies. This just an, gives you an idea of how massive this disaster is going to be. And those that pass through the land, wherever they find the bone of a human being, they will build next to it a, a marker, Showing ad kavruo suhamikabrim, so markets until the burial people come by and are able to bury it in el geha mongog in the valley with like the other bodies. Vigam shem ir There will be a city that they are going to call the multitude, the city of the multitude, because there will have been so many bodies found there, and they will purify the land. So they clean up the land. They get rid of all of the weapons of war to demonstrate that war is no longer the way of the future. Nature is allowed to flourish because they don't need to plunder or use nature in order for fuel and so on. The bodies are cleaned up and put in a place which is a memorial to what happened to remind people of the glory of God. Verse 17, V'yatov and Adam and you, human being, Ko'amar Adonai Elohim, so says the Lord God, and Marlitzi Parkal Kanaf, I want you to say to all of the flying birds, L'chol Chayas and all the animals of the field, Gather together, come, gather from all around, over my sacrifice, that I, God, have sacrificed for you, a tremendous sacrifice, that occurred on the mountains of Israel, and eat meat, and drink blood. All of these bodies, all of the flesh that are strewn, is food for you, is food for the animals. You can eat the flesh of these, of these mighty warriors, and the blood of the princes and leaders and captains and generals of this massive army. You can drink. The, the, the rams and lambs and goats and bulls, all of the uh, 
all of the fat animals from Bashan. Bashan is a place which uh, often is uh, referred to as a place that had a good pasture and the animals were fattened. Presumably, these are to the animals these the 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 bodies are of which they're eating are like the um, are, are like what to a person would be you know uh, fattened rams and lambs and so on. God is comparing the people to them because the, but now the people are the food for the animals as opposed to the other way around. So God is saying, give this to nature. And you will eat fat until you're satisfied. And drink blood until you are drunk from the blood. Of the sacrifices that I, God, have sacrificed for you, the animals. And you will um, be satisfied at my table, God says, by eating sus v'rechev, eating all of the horses that, that are were brought in as horses of war v'rechev, and the riders, gibar v'chlish muhamma, all of these powerful men of war, no'omad anayalim, so says the Lord God. At this point, God switches to, uh, this is verse 21 we're about to read, to telling us a little bit about the point of all of it, not a little bit, a lot of it about the point of all of this, to teach us the lesson the difference between the God of Israel and the gods which the people of Gog and Magog and what they represent wanted to serve. So pay close attention to these next few verses because this is crucial. My honor will be placed among all of the nations of the world will now know my honor. And all of the nations of the world will know the judgment, the justice that I have done. The and my hand that I placed against these people that tried to rebel. And the people of Israel will know that I am God, the Lord God, their God, from this day on. This is the end of the fight. This war is the end of that. From this war on, everyone will know, the people of Israel will know, and thus all of the nations of the world will know. And what will they know? Verse 23 that the reason for the destruction of Gog and Magog was not because one god was more, I'm a more powerful god than their gods, or one is more powerful than the other, or the people with more might and more wealth is, have more favor than the other, but no, they will know, that the reason for the exile of the people of Israel was not because of the weakness of the weakness of their god, but it was because they had sinned, because it was just. Because they rebelled against me. That is why I hid my face from them. That is why I let them. I gave them over to those that made them suffer. And that is why they fell by the sword. I did with them because of their own defilement, because of their own sins. That is why I hid my face from them. This is key. God is saying people will then understand that the way I run the world is through justice. When I punished people, it's because they were bad and they deserve punishment. Not because, in other words, what I want from you is, is justice. What I want from you is for you to be faithful to me and keep the laws and rules that I'm giving you. It is ethical monotheism at its best is what God is trying to say. That is how I run the world. I don't run the world because and give people power because I'm a powerful God or the other God or because someone appeased me or because someone did some kind of ritual to make me happy and therefore I fight for them. No, 
I help them and I fight for them and I protect them when they deserve it because I want to, the world to, to be sanctified. I want through me. And when they don't deserve it, I punish them. Lachain, therefore, verse 25, So says the Lord God, I am going to bring back the returnees of Jacob. Now that they've been punished, now that they've served out the time for their sin, their sentence has been served, now I will have mercy on the house of Israel. And now I will take revenge for my name against those that refuse to recognize me. When the people are there, they will carry their shame. This is key because they will learn their humility. They will learn their place. They will learn that it is not them, but it is me. The emphasis here in Ezekiel has always been that it is God that brings about the redemption, not the people. It is God that brings it out because he wants us to learn and understand humility. That it is not us, it is not our power, it is not our greatness that brings about redemption, but it is the kindness and the mercy of God that does so. And all of the rebelliousness that they rebelled against me, they will remember that. They will keep that in mind. When they come to live on their land securely forever, without fear. When can they live securely without any fear? Only when they remember their shame, when they remember their punishment, when they remember that they were rebellious, and they keep that in mind so that they remain humble and do not become arrogant like Gog was arrogant. When I take them back from the nations of Kibatstiyo, when I gather them, they are so from the lands of their enemies. And I will become holy through them in front of the many nations. Again, he emphasizes the point of me being the Tashti Bam is so that all of the other nations should see and learn and therefore join and understand in this message that this that it is God who wants us to be humble, who wants us to realize that power lies in Him and not in us. Viyadu and they will know, meaning all of the nations, the Goyim Rabim will know, Ki Ani Adonai Eloheim, that I am the Lord God, their God. When I send the, the, the people of Judah out among the other nations, and then I gather them upon the land, and I don't leave them suffering anymore scattered among the nations, but I bring them back to their, their land. And I will no longer hide my face from them. Because I have already poured out I, I, because, because I have poured out my spirit upon the people of Israel. I have poured out my spirit. I have made them holy. I have had mercy on them. I have brought them back. So says the Lord God. This is the end of chapter 39. A, a, a somewhat frightening chapter, but also a beautiful chapter that the purpose and point of all of this is to demonstrate humility, to bring humility to the Jewish people, and then and only then will the world learn the lesson that God is trying to teach. Thank you so much for studying Ezekiel 39 together. Looking forward to studying Ezekiel 40 and, of course, the rest of the book of Ezekiel.